Welcome to my podcast, Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, an interior designer with a passion for managing construction projects, large and small. My mission is to empower women, both homeowners and interior designers, to manage renovation projects like a pro. My goal in sharing my knowledge and experience from working in the field for the past 29 years will allow you to avoid the mistakes I have seen and go into projects confident and knowledgeable about the industry so that your projects will be as smooth and as successful as possible. I doubt it will be much of a shock to anyone listening to hear me say that the interior design industry is a visual-based industry, right? We want to see beautiful images of the spaces we create for our clients. And homeowners want to see these images in order to gauge whether they're a good fit with the designer that they are researching. So today, I want to talk about the types of photographs that designers take on projects, and if they aren't, they should be taking on projects, why homeowners should care about this, and most importantly, why designers really need to put an emphasis on this aspect of our business. So let's dig in. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. So today's topic is all about photography. And really, I want to discuss basically the three different types of photography that I implement on every one of my projects. And really why it's important to do this from the very beginning and for homeowners to understand why a designer is is using this tool. And it, I think it's going to come as a bit of a surprise because it really does impact the quality of the project that you will receive in the end. So what does that mean? I basically break it down into three different types of photography that I utilize on a project. The first would be considered, in my opinion, more of a scouting or a memory book. Photographs that will tell you the story just in case you've forgotten a detail along the way. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, the second is the new phenomenon of social media. Whether we love it or hate it, it's a whole other discussion. It is a reality and it is a part of a designer's life. And while I could definitely become more consistent in my social media postings, they are a really important way of conveying the progress and how, especially construction projects, how they move from stage one to two to three. And, and I find that really informative and valuable for people to see. And then the third type of photography is the traditional portfolio work, right? And this is a very large component that I often see designers skip over for a variety of reasons that I want to get into during this episode. So let's break this down. The first one I mentioned is more of a scouting or, in my case, a, a memory file, right? As a designer, you're going to take photographs of the spaces that are within the scope of work, whether that's a renovation project or a decorating project. And I like to take all sorts of angles, right? My best advice is to stand in the center of a space and pick a point, pick a wall, and then I go clockwise just so I don't lose my place. And I move slowly and I just click, turn, click, turn, click. And yes, you are going to have overlapping images, but they're the way you can go back and say, gosh, how close was that window to the corner of the room? And you don't have to 
dig out drawings. You can just quickly leaf through the photos in that client file and say, oh, there it is. Gosh, that looks maybe six inches. If you need something more in detail, then I'll go back and look at the drawings and get the measurements. But it is a way of having a memory bank, especially nowadays, because these projects can drag on and on and on. The other thing that they're useful for are before and afters. I mean, who doesn't love to see the transformation of a project? And even the clients love to see the transformation. And I have found that clients will somewhat forget what it was in the existing condition stage. And so we'll look at these photos and really it reinforces the wow factor and the why that the client took it on in the first place. So for homeowners listening, I want to tell you some of the experiences I've had from my own clients are they question, why are you taking photos now? Or more often than not, they say, oh my gosh, there's so much mess in this room. Let me clean up the room before you start taking your photographs. And what I want to make clear is I personally do not care if there's a pile of newspapers on a table or you know clothes on the floor in a bedroom. That really has no impact on what I'm photographing. Now in a before and after, yes, you know, you want to, as a designer, I'm very aware of my client's privacy. And we'll get into that in a few minutes under the kind of portfolio category. So there may be times where I think there's going to be a pretty dramatic before and after, and I might just push things out of the way and then push them back or tell the client, it's no big deal. Just let's move this over here, right? But I want to impress upon homeowners listening how valuable these photos are for you and for your project because it saves a ton of time and therefore money if I can remember a detail without having to go back out to the house. Now, why is this so important? Well, I can date myself yet again. I tend to do this a lot on this podcast. My working days predate digital cameras. Yes, that's true. And so picture me in New York City with a Polaroid camera and packs of extra film because I think the largest they used to make was a 10-pack, which is like ridiculously small number of images. And we would take photo after photo in a Polaroid. I mean, (laughs) just sort of funny thinking about it now and how crappy the quality of the photo was, but it got the job done. It was a way that we could utilize them at the office to remember things and remember details that might get lost in the shuffle of things. So it is a really important component to the success of any project. So homeowners, if you are taking on your own project, I too would take photographs. Now, of course, you likely live in the house that you are working on, but once a drywall gets pulled off, you might not remember some of the details. So this is also going to be a part of your memory so that you can make educated decisions for whatever is coming next, whether it's electrical or plumbing or what have you. Now, as far as midway through a project, I basically never stop taking photographs along the way with construction projects. And yes, some of it is for before and after progress shots, but more often than not, it's for my client's home file. So what do I mean by that? The best example is a bathroom. 
So if we're gutting a bathroom or adding a bathroom, there's going to be a lot of plumbing in the walls. I will photograph that along the way. The client will then have that in their home file and say, oh, okay, the waste stack is in this bay in between these two studs. I can see it in the picture. Or better yet, I always put blocking into the walls of a shower for future grab bars. Now, I don't care if my client is in their 20s or if my client is in their 70s. I always do this because it is incredibly invasive to do it after the fact, right? If the shower has three walls, we put blocking on all three walls because we don't know what will be best for that particular person at the time that they need grab bars for stability and safety within the shower. So what do we do? We photograph it. We mark the photographs with the height off of the shower floor. And designers, it's important to get the height off of the finished shower floor as opposed to the plywood shower floor, because that can be several inches of a difference. And that way, when they want to secure grab bars into solid wood, they know exactly where they are. So those pictures, they get put into a house file for who knows, maybe 10, 15, 20 years, but it doesn't matter. That information will never change unless they demolish and redo that bathroom. So these photographs, again, I hope I'm impressing upon everyone how important they are. And for designers, they're very important for your own files. I, for instance, have clients that will call me and say, lo and behold, they can't find those photos. Shocking, right? That they, five, six, seven years later, they have an issue with a pipe and they can't figure out where it is in the wall and do I have my photos. And yes, I am crazy. I do save all of my client photos so that I can be the resource that they need me to be when something is going wrong. So these are really important images. And trust me, homeowners listening, we really don't care if there's you know, a towel on the floor or a brush on the vanity. These are not portfolio photos. These are memory photos or scouting photos of sorts. And therefore, those aren't the details we're even noticing, let alone worrying about. So then the second form of photos are social media, and that is a new-ish reality that all designers are contending with. Um, I am definitely not doing it as consistently as I should be, but when I do post photos, people are fascinated by it. I mean, it's hilarious. The less designed the photo is, it can be just raw studs and pipes and people are loving it and asking all sorts of questions. It's kind of funny. I joke with people I work with. I say, I'm not going to put up any of my portfolio photos because they're not as interesting as the behind the scenes looks. And that can be the case, right? People are looking to me for advice and for techniques and for progress on construction work. And construction photographs aren't exactly polished and finished looking. Then there's a reason for that. But that is a new reality that designers are now facing and implementing into their marketing program. Now, these photographs, again, are likely to be taken with an iPhone. Probably not great lighting is what I contend with the most on a construction site because typically all the lights have been demoed out. So it does get a little tricky. You try to you know, angle something right or you try to fuss with your settings on your camera, which I'm still learning how to do better at, as well as there are some apps that can help supplement the lack of lighting in your photos. But they are a really good way of showcasing what you are doing so that when you are 
moving on to the next portfolio photo phase, people can see how you got to that stage. And I truly believe and now know how interested people are in that. For years, I didn't think people would find them that interesting. And so I just had those photos to myself. Now I get to share them. And it is wonderful to see how interested people are in how a project goes from point A to point B. And then, of course, we move on to portfolio photos. Now, again, I'm going to date myself. Back in the day, I had big, glossy photos printed out and I had a big box for them to live safely in. And I would lug that box to all my new client meetings. It was quite annoying, to say the least. Now the world has changed. We have the digital world. I have portfolio photos on my website. I can put them on social media. It is a way for new and interested clients to check out a designer without having to reach out to them first. And to be frank, I love that idea, right? I mean, it is hard. It is awkward to reach out to someone and then ask, can I see your work? This way, people can see it in advance feel that they have a connection with that designer and the work that they do before making that initial call. So I see all sorts of positives with these portfolio photos. Now, designers uh, listening here, you need to put the money aside to take these photos. And I know that is often a a tough nut to swallow because portfolio photos for the non-designers listening, it's an expensive proposition. And if you do a lot of projects in a year, that can really add up. But here's the thing, and please learn from my own lack of photography. Over the years, it wasn't even necessarily the cost. It was the fact that I just wasn't stopping long enough to take that step of having professional photographs done with my finished work. So one year I did go, bit the bullet called clients and said, I'd like to come back and photograph. And luckily, my clients are lovely and they all said yes. But here's the thing. I now stay on top of it. I photograph shortly after I'm finished and it does make it so much easier to keep moving forward. It's just a part of the design process, right? You do your punch list, you do your final walkthroughs, you schedule the photography. It just is a part of the entire design process that my clients now expect. So homeowners listening, yes, it is invasive to come in and do photography. It can sometimes, depending on the size of the project, take one day, take two days or three days, depending on the size of the work. And that is an imposition. And every designer knows this and hopefully will do whatever it takes to make it as less painful as possible. But please know that this is part of design process for your specific designer. And by the way, you looked at portfolio photos of previous jobs in order to vet your designer. So your project, these photographs are just adding to the portfolio that created the relationship that you have with the designer and got you the dream job in the end. And yes, I am well aware that there are people who don't want their jobs photographed. I personally put it in my design services contract because it is 
a part of the design process. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't always have it in the contract. And I regret that. There are one or two projects that I really would love to have photographed. And the client at the end said no. Even though I made my pitch, even though I I promised I would make it as simple as possible, they ultimately said that it was not something they were comfortable with. Well, there's my lesson learned. It is now in my design services contract. And the interesting part about it, I have to say to designers listening, is I was nervous putting that in because, of course, I put it in as soon as I got the latest no. And I thought, oh, gosh, this is going to be something that's going to hang up future clients. And do you know that not one person has ever brought it up in conversation when we've discussed the contract? Not one. Now, it may be that they had their own discussion internally with their partner or spouse or whomever, and they came to terms with it. I can't say why it has never come up, but not a single client has questioned it being in my contract once I put it in several years ago. So here's the thing. Designers be very specific. And how I write it in my contract is I specify that this will be used for social media. This will be used for portfolio. That could include websites. That can include brochures, marketing pieces, what have you. But I also always confirm that I will never identify the client by name nor their location. Now, I know some designers on their website will have the city and the state or they'll have the neighborhood. I personally don't subscribe to that. I honestly live in a small enough community that I think that would be too easy for people to identify it further as to who the homeowner is. And my promise to all of my clients is anonymity. So I, again, have never seen any issues with not identifying the city or the town or the neighborhood in my portfolio photos, but I do know that no one has ever come back and said, gee, is that Sally's house? Because she that looks familiar. It just doesn't seem to happen. So I really want homeowners to be open-minded when their designers want to photograph their work. To be frank, like I said earlier, you looked at photos just like this of other projects in order to start the relationship. And in truth, I have never seen a downside to having portfolio photos taken of a project. So designers, what I want you to take away from this episode is how important it is for you to photograph the work along the way from the very start of the project all the way through to the end. And then please promise me you will take portfolio quality photos of your projects at the end. And once you get this process started, you'll understand what you need to budget for. And therefore, you will add it into every single project and the money will be there so that you will have the quality images that you need to continue filling the pipeline of projects after this one has been completed. So I would love to hear from designers if they've had any issues or if they have any tips or tricks as far as the photography. I do know, by the way, there are some designers that are capable of taking portfolio quality photos on their own. And God bless them. I am definitely not one of those. I wish I was because I know the amount of money I spend annually on this work. And boy, would it be great to be able to save that. And one last thing I want to mention about portfolio work is whether to hire a stager. 
And personally, I have used them, but not very regularly. I tend to go more natural. I will always get flowers or greens or arrangements or orchids and fluff things up a bit. I will also grab things from other rooms to use as props along the way. But I also have used stagers and they are really wonderful and they do bring a different eye to a project. So there are times where I will lean on them if it's something that I don't feel comfortable doing on my own. But of course, it will add an expense to the project. So keep that in mind. I hope this helps explain to homeowners why photography is so important and why you might see your designer constantly taking pictures of your project, but also designers, the importance of you doing it and how best to use those photographs throughout the design process on each project. As always, if this brings up more questions and answers, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear your stories about photographing work and any tips and tricks that you've learned along the way. We can all learn together. In the meantime, I can't thank you for your time today, and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening today, and feel free to join me on social media at Davine Design in order to stay up to date on the latest happenings in my construction world. There is more detailed information on my website for my signature courses for both homeowners and designers, as well as other material to help guide you through a successful renovation project. Make sure to follow my podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a tip. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the word, leave a review and tell your friends who are starting or are mid project. And thank you again for listening today.